This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Lock and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. And we're back in the friendly confines today. Busted out the summer shirt, the summer plaid. It's going to be 75 degrees on November 6th, Election Day in America. As was yesterday and the day before and the day before and tomorrow and the day after that. You know, you got to keep voting, folks, until you have the votes you need. That's... That's the American way. Good to see Todd and Aaron again, gentlemen. How are you? Doing are, all right. We are good. Good to see you. Good to see all of you again as well. Our good friend Denise McAllister will be joining us here in a moment for the Dace Group Roundtable. You can let us know what you think about what we think. Yes, I know. You think I need a shave. So do I. I just totally forgot this morning. My bad. Steve at SteveDace.com is the email address. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. Ricky, don't email me. I know I needed a shave. Okay. Thank you. Uh, over on Parlor at Steve Dace, YouTube, that's an inside joke. Uh, YouTube.com slash Steve Dace is our new YouTube channel, which will soon be um, eliminated. Uh, trust me, that will be gone soon. So get it now while you can. And I guess we'll be checking out Rumble. I you guess know, we'll be over there, what, you know. What's so. cool, I've noticed over the last week, they're, they're actually doing us a solid. They haven't hardly demonetized. I mean, they've only demonetized like, I don't know, 80% of our videos well, over the last I mean, week. So I, that's that's an improvement. Big, big tech is a benevolent taskmaster every now and then. Indeed, it's the year, it's the year of Jubilee uh, over there at big tech right now. Um, I know that there is a lot of, uh, of concern and confusion about what is going on. And that's why you want to make sure you are prepared. You know, the last time um, we gave our country over to a spirit of the age, back in March and April, you couldn't buy toilet paper, hand sanitizer, and Costco still doesn't have those cleaning wipes that I love, right? Who knows, maybe the next time uh, it, that we do this, you know, like we're, it looks like we're trying to do right now, it, it might be food. Right, that's where my Patriot Supply comes in. Um, right now, uh, they can give you a hundred dollars saving off a full four-week supply of nutritious meals that supply you two thousand calories a day to save your life. If indeed we should see more of what we saw earlier this year, all right, um, and you can save again a hundred dollars. That's impossible to pass up. Just to give you the peace of mind to know that you're good to go. Should the worst happen, you can go to preparewithdace.com. Again, that's preparewithdace.com. If we get plunged into chaos again, um, preparewithdace.com is where you want to go. All right, coming up here today, next hour, it is a Feedback Friday. We'll get to the feedback that you've been sending to us. If you're wondering who's responsible for what you're watching unfold right now, make sure you get uh, your advance order in for my new book, A Nefarious Carol. It is the sequel to A Nefarious Plot. I texted 
um, the film production team yesterday. And I said, hey, you guys think there might be a market for a movie about a satanic takeover of America? <laughs> What's the text that <laughs> You know how I get, man. All right. When things get bleak, I get, I get the sarcasm gets dialed up. Gallows humor is one of my spiritual gifts or inadequacies, inadequacies depending on uh, whatever the case may be. But you can get your copy of A Nefarious Carol available now for pre-order at Amazon.com. Book drops nationwide on December the 15th, which I guess is just around the corner. Uh, the year that just won't end and flies by at the exact same time, right? A Nefarious Carol, you can learn more about it on my Amazon page as well. Thanks to all of you for your pre-order. Get yours in for Christmas. My kids, Christmas. They're counting on all of you right now. Was that a good pitch? Great pitch. Thank you, sir. All right. So Feedback Friday coming your way next hour, but we begin our very first hour on a Friday as we always do with the day script. Your weekly look at the week that was brought to you by Keeps. Yes, losing your hair is no fun, so let's talk about options. You can go to your doctor for a hair loss treatment prescription, then visit a pharmacy. Try not to go broke as you try to avoid going bald. Or you can try Keeps from the comfort of your own home where you're going to get the same doctor-recommended, FDA-approved hair loss treatment. But Keeps offers the generic versions for about half the cost. And one more thing you're going to love about Keeps is that it's all online. Just answer a few questions, snap a few pics of your hair, and then a licensed doctor will review your info and recommend the right hair loss treatment for you that will be shipped directly to your door. So big discounts with the generic versions. You get convenience, all of it online and at home. How about another discount on top of it? 50% off your first order right now to get going. 50% off your first order when you go to keeps.com slash grow. That's K-E-E-P-S. For keeps.com slash grow. Let's get to issue one. Bleep, Democrats say. To make progress, we have to stop treating our opponents as enemies. I'm not saying that if you voted for Trump, that you are a racist, that you are a homophobe, that you are a sexist, <coughs> uh, that you are against transgender rights. But We are not enemies. What brings us together as Americans is so much stronger than anything that can tear us apart. This is about white people who saw a president who was corrupt and sexist and violent and mismanaged an entire pandemic that's killed over 230,000 people by the election. And they said, I want some more of that. On day one of my presidency, I'll put in action a plan I've been taking about, talking about for months, already laid out a national mandate. Mask wearing, social distancing, testing, tracing. If it, we have to wait till January, I think it's reasonable to quote the director of the National Institutes of Health as saying there may be a million of our fellow Americans that die of this. Secretary, some, some tweets have surfaced, admittedly from a couple of years ago, your tweets suggesting negative things about Donald Trump. What do you say to people that say, geez, you're the person overseeing this election and you have clearly partisan views on the, on the matter. Well, what's your response to that? So my response is, look, these were four years ago, and at the time I was not in the administration, I was not in any public service, I was a private citizen, it was a personal Twitter account. That is the President of the United States, that is the most powerful person in the world, and we see him like an obese turtle on his back, flailing in the hot sun. You tweeted a week ago that, quote, 
if all the votes are added up in Pennsylvania, Trump is going to lose, unquote. Do you still believe that? And do you understand why some folks express concern uh, that that hurt your credibility as a, as a, a law enforcement uh, official uh, of Pennsylvania? Yeah, look, Jake, that was a political statement made during a political campaign. I'll lead an effective strategy to mobilize true and international effort to pressure. So, Denise, we start with you for your patience, plus ladies first around here. Chivalry's not yet dead on this show. So, what was your best of the worst this week, Denise? So much to glean there, but I, I always have to go with my favorites of the, if you're voting for Trump, I'm not saying you're a racist. But you just might be a racist. So if you think you're going to be a racist voting for Trump, maybe you shouldn't vote for Trump. And actually, some of that white guilt did work, especially down here in North Carolina. But I can get into that later. Todd, what was yours? I think um, Cooper there, basically just in full Jeffrey Tubin froth. I mean, that's what you saw there. He was just... You know, masturbating in front of you about how happy he was that the president, uh, in his estimation, uh, was likely going to lose. I mean, this is this is every show that Cooper does is inside. That's what's in there. It's it's I mean, we've, we've talked about it's it's not journalism, but it is. That's just what that's what journalism is now. So I, I just it's and they're going to be this uh going forward day by day it's going to get to the i mean you 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 see uh what keith oberman is talking about and uh, we can say that you know he's a has-been he doesn't have a prime time show anymore but if you don't think that anderson coopers of the world are also going to be every day that we uh and they're talking about it in there what happens the, the one guy says oh, oh, the, the a million are going to die in the next two months if we don't do something the journal lib is is going to be more and more day by day Do, can we can we wait until when is it steve january for january whenever the president becomes yeah, like january 21st or 20th yeah. or something yeah yeah because of that level of glee inside almost everybody inside national journalism including apparently at fox news our list of allies goes thin aragorn karen I'm just commenting on the Anderson Cooper thing, Um, you know, uh, flailing on his back like a fat turtle roasting in the sunlight. That is a really oddly specific simile, don't you think? I've I've never heard that before. But then again, one man's oddly specific simile is another man's fetish. Anywho, I think for me, the the weirdest um, or the I see what you did there. uh, Yeah, uh, the weirdest part of of this week, at least when it comes to bleep. Uh, Democrats say is um, the guy that we supposedly just elected Joe Biden which who knows what's going to happen from here can't uh, I mean we've we've said this ad nauseum cannot string together a sentence but yet he got over 4 million more votes than Barack Obama did in 2008 when you embrace all of the lies, all of the lies that the left has been inculcating, has been fostering, has been shouting in your face 
has been subversively uh, laying into the into the mainstream of every course of human events uh, in in this country. Um, when you believe all of those lies collectively, when you embrace the lies as we keep coming back to of you don't know what a gender is, you can undefine, redefine gender, you can fall for any lie. You can fall for anything. All right. Four million more votes than Barack Obama did in 2008. That's not that's not too bad of a lie to believe when you believe that girls can be boys. That's what I'm trying to say. You can elect a dementia patient from Delaware with four million more votes than Barack Obama did. That doesn't seem like that big of a lie at all when you when you can believe all of these other things. And I want to say as well, if you loved the left meltdowns, if you loved the left's over um, overreaching when you punched them in the face in 2016, if you liked that, then you're going to love it now when you when when we've supposedly rewarded them for the last four years of their behavior. It's not going to stop. There's going to be no soul searching. It's going to be dialed up to whatever is past 11. We don't know yet. Uh, it's going to get even, even worse. On a scale of 1 to 10, with 1 being the integrity of the 100% uh, Joe Biden voter dumps, and 10 being um, the, how, the likelihood of how often a Republican Senate will end up agreeing with a President Joe Biden, should there be one, um, rate this week's level of total depravity. Todd? 10. Denise? 10. Aaron? 10. Let's get to issue two. The coup, I'm sorry, the election. This morning, Decision Desk HQ became the first media outlet to call the presidential race for Joe Biden after he took the lead in Pennsylvania. The election was three days ago, just so you remember. On election night, President Trump held hefty leads in the battleground states of Wisconsin, Michigan, and Pennsylvania. He also held a substantial lead in Georgia as well. His campaign insisted, despite Fox News making a premature call for Arizona, he was on pace to win that state, too. One by one, however, in the past three days, Trump's leads in all those states disappeared as nearly all supposed outstanding ballots came in from Milwaukee, Detroit, Philadelphia, and Atlanta. Biden still holds a tenuous lead in Arizona. Voting anomalies were present in all the aforementioned states, including a nearly 90% voter turnout in Wisconsin, suspiciously high turnout in Great Lakes urban areas with the exception of Ohio, dead people voting in Michigan, postal service fraud in Michigan and Pennsylvania, continuing to find mail-in ballots in the early morning hours in Pennsylvania and Georgia, and the list goes on. President Trump addressed the nation last night. I've been talking about mail-in voting for a long time. It's, uh, it's really destroyed our system. It's a corrupt system, and it makes people corrupt even if they aren't by nature. But they become corrupt. It's too easy. They want to find out how many the votes they need, and then they seem to be able to find them. They wait and wait, and then they find them. And you see that on election night. We were ahead in vote in North Carolina by a lot, tremendous number of votes. And uh, we're still ahead by a lot, but uh, not as many because they're finding ballots all of a sudden. Oh, we have some mail-in ballots. It's amazing how those mail-in ballots are so one-sided. All right. I've decided I want to ask an open-ended question to lead off the conversation. Okay? And give each of you a chance to answer. And Denise, I'll start with you. 
What do you think? I'm thinking about this election in two different ways. And one way is going to encourage everyone on the right, and the other way is I'm going to throw some cold water on you a little bit. Uh, First of all, is obviously the legal aspect. The big cheat in this election is the bypassing of the legislatures and making new election laws, uh, dealing with the mail-in votes and the counting of the votes. Um, This is problematic, and I'm hoping that the Trump campaign will not only press on researching individual voter anomalies that they're finding in in the various counties and precincts, but that he will go after this on the constitutional level. Uh, The problem that's going to come with that is is you're fighting basically that everything that was uh, mailed in that violated the Constitution, that these uh, new laws, election laws that were created by governors and, and courts and Board of Elections aren't legal, that those votes would be thrown out. So we would have to swallow that really big pill as a nation. And I don't know if people are ready to do that, but that's the legal battle that I think needs to be done here. Uh, if that happens, if we were to win that legal battle, um, Trump would win, hands down. I, I just, I, that's just, I see that because when you go to look at the numbers, I don't think people realize this, but 68% of the vote that was made and cast in this election was done by mail. That is up from about 33, 34% in 2016. Americans chose to do that. Those aren't just ballots necessarily people are making up. These are registered voters who chose to, to mail in their votes. This is huge when you really think and start breaking down, and this leads me into my second point, that there is the cheating, there is the unconstitutional acts that we need to take care of and address, and Trump needs to go after that full bore 100%. But we cannot turn a blind eye to what on the ground voters have done in this election, that there there were changes, there were things going on, and there were motivations by voters in this election. And when I look at the exit polling, I've really dug into, especially in North Carolina, looking at exit polling, looking at how people voted in each county, which counties flipped, um, where Trump gained, where Biden gained. Uh, Biden did have a great turnout on the ground even, not just in mail-in, but on the ground. But Trump did too. So like, for example, in North Carolina, 76% of the counties um, had an increase of voter turnout for Trump than he had in 2016. Biden had 67% more than Hillary Clinton had. So he was up from Clinton, but Trump was still up. But where Trump, where Biden had an increased turnout, an increased change, and there were a couple, at least two counties in North Carolina flipped from Trump to Biden um, this year. There was one county that flipped from Biden to Trump, uh, but really some of the big counties, especially the suburban outliers, um, outlying areas, went for Biden in a big way. Women showed up. We, um, Trump lost some white women in this in this election. He lost some of the elderly. Uh, he may have gained in some in some of the uh, minorities, not among black women. He gained some black men. I think they're concerned about the economy, but he 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 lost among those white women. And the you know what the number one fears were in this election were economy, but that was related to COVID. So I'm going to put that under COVID. COVID fear. And the number in the second one was racism. In fact, 78% of people said that they think the biggest concern they have for this nation is that we're racist. This was very powerful and very impactful to some of the voters. And in a tight election, it made a difference. In an election where we should be voting for freedom, it should never be this close. You have women especially turning on guilt and fear at the polls and showing up and, and voting in that and voting for Biden. Thank you, Denise. Aaron, you're up next. What do you think? 
this is going to be I'm a pessimist by nature, so handicap that into my response. Moving forward, barring a miracle for Trump, which could happen. Who who knows? Uh, who, who knows how this will end up being litigated? Um, I, I think the, the forces even within our legal system are are more than ready to to rule against him if it sh- should it get that far. But barring a Trump miracle, it doesn't matter really what happens, what new coalitions are formed. If this model of voting is allowed to exist moving forward, the Democrat controlled machines in Atlanta, Detroit, Philadelphia, Allegheny County, Pennsylvania, Milwaukee, if they are allowed to do what they did, if those states are allowed to do what they did, I'm not even saying necessarily we'll, we'll, we'll just let's let's say uh, let's just agree that there was voter fraud, but it wasn't enough to put people over the top. It doesn't matter. Mail in voting is just ripe for this. Regardless, it's going to continue to tear uh, people's trust in this process apart. And I want to repeat what I said on the show yesterday. And this is my big thought. There's somebody who said this election is a case study and why every vote matters. No, it's the opposite. When there's allowed to be this much, at least, at very least, lack of transparency, lack of trust in our systems, in our institutions, it's a case study that your vote doesn't matter. So it doesn't matter if we get a great candidate in 2024, if we have a great set of candidates in 2022, if this type of thing is allowed to continue. Which is why it's incumbent that everyone says no, no, until this is litigated, until you can prove to me that you deserve my trust, local election officials and all of those areas that I just mentioned. No, I'm not going to accept this. Todd. Well, uh, what I think is that I was right before I even knew what a 2020 was going to be, that once you reach the point where you accept transgenderism as a norm, that's why we can say things about racism. It's so obviously not true that this is a deeply racist culture, but we can believe that now because, look, we believe in transgenderism. And at its base, that is that is just at an id level. Whatever makes us happy pleased at any given moment at that id level is all that matters that is the idol that is god so what you don't expect character or integrity or just oh i think we've gone a little too far in that montage what makes those reporters this is all it's all masturbation at this point never thought i'd have to use that word so much it's just debased self-gratification if it makes me feel good that's the truth so i'm going to say it to aaron's point about this it's obvious it is obvious theoretically before this election and now in practice that mail-in voting is problematic everybody out there on the right and the left not everybody excuse i mean there's a a lot of heroic people but a, a, a lot of people on the right and the left Uh, right now are saying no proof whatsoever that's just what makes them happy in the moment yep that's their truth we've heard that a lot their truth my truth it's it's where we live now you you cannot and you cannot possibly believe in something called transgenderism and think we weren't going to arrive in this place been saying it for years and thankfully uh god keeps his promises but he, he but he's rubbing this culture 
in, uh, our nose collectively in this. Like, you, you asked for this. You wanted this. I'm giving you your deepest desire. So, elections are symmetrical. Um, they are, there's a congruency to them. Meaning that there's not a randomness. There's not a, there's not, hey, there's one thing we didn't see coming, but they didn't play out anywhere else that's like that place anywhere else on the map. That's not how elections work. Okay, that's not how human nature works. We're, we, we are, we don't like contrarians. We don't like outliers. That's why I don't have a lot of friends. Um, we, we want validation. We want acceptance. Um, and, and, this election has things that can't simultaneously be true. For example, um, Joe Biden outperforming Democrat Senate candidates in swing states, but yet underperforming them in places where Democrats have made huge gains in recent years, like Virginia. That doesn't make any sense. Meaning that that your own base should have showed up in waves at the exact same time. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. All right. That doesn't make any sense. Like you can understand why, why Marco Rubio overperformed Donald Trump by 200,000 votes in 2016 in Florida. Why several elected Republican congressmen did Trump wasn't president. He had very high negatives, unfavorables. There was still a, um, uh, he, he had 88% of the Republican party vote. He actually got much higher this time. It was like 93. Um, so, there, so you can make the math work. I can't make the math work when you have Joe Biden overperforming Senate candidates in swing states, but then in his own states, you don't see that level of, of energy, meaning that there wasn't a blue wave there. A unique situation happened, and it just so only, it just so only happened in the places that they absolutely had to win. You see what I'm saying? Yes. Yes. If it was just a wave of mail-in voting, then where's all the mail-in votes in Virginia? Why didn't you just blow that state out then? Doesn't make any sense. Why didn't you just blow Rhode Island out then? Why didn't you just blow New Hampshire out then? Um, here's what also doesn't make sense. Well, there was a massive backlash of black voters in the cities is what they want to sell us on. How come it was only in the states of Michigan, Pennsylvania, Georgia, and Wisconsin then? And not Ohio. Why not Ohio? Why didn't it happen there? Why not in Texas? Trump, I think, is going to perform... Republicans are going to perform better in Texas, it looks like, in 2020 than they did in 2016. Democrats spent a ton of money in Texas, are going to gain because they wanted to try to make grounds in the state before the next census. They're going to lose ground in Texas from the latest from what I saw. And Chip Roy is going to win by two or three points more than his polling. And he's the quintessential swing district where half of it is the Steve Day show and the other half is Wendy Davis's Austin college base. And he's going to win it by larger. He's going to win it outside the margin of what even the favorable polling said he was going to win that district by. How are all these things? So, so then where was the operation? If they put all that energy and talent into turning over Texas, where was it in Dallas? Where was it in Houston? You see what I'm trying to say? Yes. How come it only showed up in a few places? We ran through yesterday what the odds would be for votes, for vote dumps of, say, 25,000, like what you, what you had in Laverne County, that were 100% for Biden. No errors. Nobody voted for any outlier at all and no errors. That's impossible. That's absolutely impossible. 
That, that, that's not how math works. That's not how elections work. This doesn't, it doesn't make sense. This is the most incongruent election we've ever had. And when you continue to allow new votes to be found and votes to be cast days after, days after, days after, what's going to happen in Georgia now is you're going to see the Republicans go out and mine for votes now because there's going to be a recount there. I don't blame them. I guess that's the game. I guess they're just going to have a whole second election in Georgia. Both sides are going to be out now canvassing for more votes in Georgia for the next month would be my guess. It's not, it's, it's, it goes back to what I said about the polling. I never was claiming that the polling was wrong, so that's why Trump was going to win. That's not the claim that I made. The claim I made was the polling models were bad. This doesn't, that's not how math works. And we saw that proved out. I was proven right on election day. Well, this isn't how elections work. There's no congruency here at all. It's random. Well, when things are random, typically, it's because somewhere there's a thumb on the scale that doesn't exist somewhere else. There's, there's a fulcrum that is pressured that doesn't exi- that's not being pressured in another place. That's why you get an outlier result. And it just so happened we have several outlier results here in exactly the places where they needed to run up obscene numbers of votes in order to win this thing. And in the process, the GOP doesn't lose any House seats. None of them. None. Not one. Not one. Hmm. Uh, all those things cannot be simultaneously true. They can all be false, but they cannot be simultaneously true. We'll come back. More of the day's group here in a moment. So what does COVID-19 have to do with losing your home? Well, it turns out, unfortunately, it could be a lot. Cybercrime has gone up 75%, according to the feds, with this all online during these shutdowns, uh, doing more business than ever before online, living online, sharing online. Well, that's also where our home titles are kept these days as well. Cyber criminals know this, so they go online, forge your signature on a quit claim deed, and then refile as the new owner of your home. It is called home title theft or fraud. And this can destroy you by taking out loans against your home, liquidating your equity, uh, sticking you with the payments, maybe even a foreclosure notice. But thankfully, Home Title Lock is there to protect your home's legal title. Uh, They'll put a virtual barrier around it so that the instant they detect anything, any funny business at all, they will mobilize to shut it down. But first things first, uh, go to HomeTitleLock.com and register your address to see if you're already a victim at HomeTitleLock.com and then use the code RADIO for 30 free days of protection while you're there. Again, HomeTitleLock.com. Register your address to see if you're already a victim and then use the promo code RADIO for 30 free days of protection while you're there at HomeTitleLock.com. All right, let's get back to the Dace Group as we welcome back in our good friend Denise McAllister. Let's talk issue three, the coalition of the future. It's unclear how anyone can trust exit polling in an election where so many people voted early or by mail. But as the kids say, in some cases, 
Ball don't lie. We may be seeing a realignment in GOP politics. President Trump vastly overperformed with Hispanic voters. For instance, Trump won Zapata County, Texas, 52 to 47. He lost that county 65 to 32 to Hillary Clinton in 2016. That's a county with a 94.5% makeup of Hispanics. Texas's Star County, overwhelmingly Mexican-American and positioned in the heart of the Rio Grande Valley, barely delivered for the Democrats. Biden's Hispanic support in other key swing states like Ohio and Georgia tailed off from Clinton's 2016 benchmarks. In Miami-Dade County, Florida, Trump garnered over a half million votes while still losing the county 53 to 46. Back in 2016, he received over 300,000 votes and lost the county by nearly 30 points to Hillary Clinton. That county has a 61.5% makeup of Hispanics. Nationally, preliminary numbers indicate that 26% of Trump's voting share came from non white voters. That's the highest percentage for GOP presidential candidate since 1960. Also, according to the exits, and I know you cited them earlier, Denise, and I will say I don't know how reliable they are. I don't know how you do exit polling with two thirds of the voters voting by mail. You know, I I don't know how that happens. I had to vote by mail this year or absentee in Iowa because I had to go to Texas to cover the, the debate. I'm sorry, the election, there was there was no way for me to be profiled voting by mail. So I, I don't know how reliable the exit polling is. Also, if you looked at the exit polling that Fox News put on the air, uh, they made America look like a Cal Berkeley faculty meeting. Uh, 72% of Americans want single-payer health care. 75% want Roe v. Wade left alone. I believe 99% want to uh, change their kid's name to Muhammad. Uh, I mean, that wasn't a question. I just threw that in there for effect, okay? But, I mean, so, but... Since you cited them earlier, the exits also are claiming that Trump lost 13 points of white males, that he won them by 18 this time. He won them by 31 four years ago. So they're claiming that he, he, he lost 13 points of white males, but at the same time, as Aaron pointed out, had the highest portion of non-white voters by a Republican nominee since 1960, so 60 years ago. Make of those things what you will. Are we seeing, first question, and Todd, I'll start with you. Are we seeing the transformation of the GOP from a party largely driven by business interests and white suburban conservatives to a more diverse populist party? Or was Trump simply a one-off? What do you think, Todd? Uh, There's no way to possibly know this and that lesson should be learned by what we just saw in 2020 i'm hoping we just get the death of it and because party principles advocacy this is uh, we're living in the time of the judges that we 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 may we're gonna have to build up to getting that again but we're just gonna we're living in the time of strong individuals men women on their own doing the best they can and hopefully drawing people to them the, our, our party apparatus look at it right now it is triangulating to find its little spot in the sun they're all a bunch of anderson coopers there's no there's no functioning party for anything that we care about we we may jump on board and and, and ride it for a couple weeks when it suits our interest but in turn there's nothing aspirational about the abilities of the GOP or quite frankly the label conservatism it's it there just there just isn't how how can we not understand this in this moment it has helped to bring us to where we are now 
Denise, what say you? Well, I, I always shy away from trying to build co- coalitions around identity groups, uh, you know, but it's part of the way that we live. And, you know, even those exit pollings that we were talking about, you know, they focus on the identity groups and what group are we pulling in from, uh, you know, per your comment about the legitimacy legitimacy of those uh, exit polls. Yeah, I agree with you. They're probably not as balanced because of all the mail-in voters, but exit polls are generally, you know, just a small grouping of, of people anyway. Uh, I think if we can bring common sense along with maybe some glean some things from these exit polls that we're seeing and see if we can make some truth of them. And I guess that's what I'm doing is that when I see exit polls saying that my number one concern was the economy in the context of COVID and my number two was racism, that that goes goes along with my observations that I've been having for the last year or so that people are very ginned up about COVID. And that is that is another factor in this election, and I am going to get to the coalition point, um, that we have to look at. COVID really has changed a lot of things. And COVID, as far as how people perceive things, COVID, as far as people reacting and responding either for Trump or against Trump because of fear, uh, the guilt factor that comes along with COVID, when you have guilt and fear being such uh, motivating factors during an election, it, it changes things and makes things skewed. It's like dealing with a crazy person. And when you're dealing with a crazy person, things don't make sense. And and not saying that there isn't cheating going on. I'm not, I'm not disputing that. But I think we cannot ignore the crazy. And we can't ignore that the American people are not normal in their thinking. They're not objective. They're not logical. Like, like you've talked about transgenderism and homosexuality. When you decide that there's a, a, a separate sexuality besides, you know, male and female, yet, you know, you've got a problem in your thinking. And it, it translates to a lot of different things. Per that point, building coalitions moving ahead for the Republican Party, I think we need to really decide, you know, this populist idea, I think, is very much Trump generated. For example, I think if you get another candidate in the future that's right back to being more establishment type, you will lose some of these supporters that uh, Trump has brought into the party. He's brought them in because of his populist views. And and I think that he has done that. The party has not done that. And I think we've seen that his conflict within the party, butting heads with the other party leaders, proves that point. I think it's very Trump generated. Generated from the people as well. Now, will the people themselves rise up and get another candidate that's, that's also popular? and also Trump-like, well, then the future we'll see. But I, I think as far as like conservatives like us, people who believe in principles, um, not in the principled kind of way that the never-Trumpers are, but the true principles about liberty, liberty principles that are tied into the Christian worldview, we need to really start building that coalition. That's my concern. Uh, you know, no matter what your color is, uh, you know, I don't care if you're purple. I want to see a, a conservative Christian worldview coalition being built in, in our nation so that we can have the true foundations of liberty that we have ha- always had in our nation, that our founders understood, because we've gotten away from that. And we talk a lot about uh, you know materialistic things. We talk about economics. We, we talk about the, these conflicts of identity groups, but we've lost the very understanding of liberty. And I've seen way too many Christians in particular lose sight of understanding of principle liberty, principles of liberty in our nation and understanding those points. So that's my hope in the future that the coalition will become more an understanding of that worldview. Aaron? 
I think all the wrong lessons are going to be learned. I think on the left, they're going to say this is a mandate to implement Green New Deal and Marxism uh, even further and press their advantage even further, uh, which, heck, um, would you blame them for taking that as their as their as their takeaway from this? Uh, you, you, you know, if if this is your religion and you win an election like this, at the, the, at least at the top of the ticket. Yeah, I mean, uh, heck, uh, just more shrimp on the barbie here. On the other side of the aisle, Republicans will lose all the wrong. Le- See? See, we uh, we lost the, the top of the ticket, even though all of the down ballot races, it seems like, uh, went your way. Uh, so all of the wrong lessons will be learned. I cannot wait, can't wait for the uh, autopsy, if you will, of this election. We just can't be like Trump. We can't win on those issues, even though... Even though he went won on those issues, even though your down ballot ticket it, uh, won, uh, you know, despite him, come on, um, all of the wrong lessons are going to be learned from this, uh, and trying to put the genie back in the bottle after this on both sides is going to be excruciating and exhilarating to watch. Um, I I think it is the coalition of the future, though, because. I think right now the future is like three or four years. And if, if, if he loses this way, Donald Trump is not going away. I think that's something that, that what I've been amazed to see is the Republican Party. Usually they're not the stupid party. They, the reason they lose to Democrats on issues is they don't agree with us on the issues. This is an example of the stupid party. The smart play is to be all over Fox News with your Kevin McCarthy fake Joan of Arcs right now. And all of your fake rhinos all over Fox News seen as pounding the podium and fighting for Trump, anticipating he just goes to the Supreme Court and loses. But then you're on record. Oh, shucks. We did our best to fight for him, but we got it. You see what I'm saying? That's how they've rolled in the past. That's that's Mitch McConnell showing up at CPAC waving an AR-15, right? They know how to speak our language. They're not even doing that here. To be seen out in the open doing nothing. Um, I, that to me is where they have now allowed their disdain for Trump to to force a strategic blunder, because Trump is more dangerous to them out of the White House. Yep, he has been their friend in the White House largely. That's been one of my great frustrations of his presidency. He has not leaned on them. He has appointed them to too many positions within his administration. For example, he outsourced the repealing of Obamacare to them, and look at the disaster that turned out to be. And now we're the side that owns Obamacare. He, he, has, he has gone out of his way to play ball with them, endorsing all of their establishment hacks in every primary. He's gone out of his way to play ball with them so he didn't have to fight a two-front war once, while, while he was in there. To, to let him walk out a free agent, a pissed-off, vindictive, narcissistic billionaire with a legitimate axe to grind and owing nobody a damn thing? If, if you're in the GOP establishment and you thought Donald Trump was problematic for you, for the last few years, oh, my friend, <laughs> creating a living martyr is far, a far greater weapon to wield. He'll be a shadow president. He'll create his own network. He'll be everywhere, every night. He'll have a team of media pundits and everything else. He'll have, it'll be, it'll be like his own press office. And he's going to hammer you, hammer you all the time. Well, Mitch McConnell wasn't there for me. I'm not surprised he's selling out on, on amnesty right now. I wasn't there for me when I needed him. 
Hey, that Nikki Haley, man, I was nice to her. I gave her a gig when nobody else wanted her. She was chewed up, you know, ridden hard and spit, you know, threw away wet. Nobody wanted her. I gave her a gig, though. Lo and behold, she's out sending me a eulogizing tweet the day after the election like I'm dead. Don't trust her, guys. Dude, not to mention he's probably just want to just turn around and run again in 2024. And just leave that dangling out there at the very least the entire time if you're not. Maybe use that to set the scene for Don Jr. to watch or to run. Because that's what Don Jr. was doing yesterday, tweeting a shot across the bow of everybody that wants to run in 2024. Hey, how come you guys aren't fighting right now with us? Now, this is going to be the coalition moving forward because he's not going anywhere. He's not going anywhere, anywhere. He's going to be even more omnipresent out of office than he was in there on our side. That's my that, that's my view anyway. Denise, you can respond at 30 seconds before predictions. Go ahead. Just really a question. Um, do you think, therefore, that it's Trump driven? And if Trump just disappeared and, and went away, would that populist movement find a way to, to um, be self-generating and still move into the future? I think if I think if anybody is smart, it would be because the suburbs are, have gone pagan. I live there. I know this. The suburbs have gone pagan. That's where the 13 points of white male uh, voters lost is, is at is a bunch of of of, of p whipped guys with no balls that just got rode that just got told at the at the polls by their wives who they were voting for. That's what that was. Absolutely. Okay. So if if the if if the, if our guys are smart, they'll cultivate this. Yeah. And I would imagine a guy like a Cruz in Texas who understands Hispanic outreach, winning in a state like that, or a guy like DeSantis, the same thing, who's Hispanic himself, as is Cruz. They're probably looking at those numbers right now and licking their chops, I would imagine, thinking, hey, I can, given who I am and the state I'm from, I can I can build a coalition off of what the inroads that Trump made here. Yeah. Um, let's get to predictions. Um, the, the exit question is so dystopian. I don't, I don't want to entertain it right now. I'm dystopian enough. Let's get to predictions. Aaron, go ahead. You asked for dystopian? Here you go. <laughs> That's why I also had you go first. I had a feeling. Uh, so I, I think this is how this is all going to shake out. I think somebody like Tucker Carlson is actually going to run as a third party ticket in 2024. Uh, the Republican Party will be a shell of itself and it will serve to split the conservative slash populist vote. And Kamala Harris will be president and the elected president with or without the Dem machines and all the aforementioned cities that we talked about in 2024. That's pretty dystopian. That's good. Some of that I like. The last part, not so much. Go ahead, Todd. Uh, resetting something a while back, but they're emboldened. Uh, the pagan horde is going to move on to its next uh, feast, uh, locust feast. Expect Antifa in a church service near you very soon. Denise. I I predict we're going to lose religious liberties big time, and they're not going to know. Christians are not going to know what to do with that. I'm really going to focus on my prediction about the church. You're either going to wake up or you're going to lose your liberties. The church has been weak, very, very weak. Christians have been weak. They were weak in this election. They either need to start speaking up and standing for the true faith and learn to be uncomfortable in the society, or they're going to lose their liberties, and they're going to be ineffectual in spreading the gospel. My prediction, uh, there's going to be a mass amnesty deal if Joe Biden is, is sworn in as president, even if Republicans control the Senate. There will be a mass amnesty deal. That's my prediction. Denise, good to see you as always. Thank you. We'll come back. It'll be your turn with Feedback Friday here on the Steve Day Show live and on demand on Blaze TV, radio and podcast here next. Stay tuned.
We're back with Hour 2, live and on demand on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. Steve Dace here with Aaron McIntyre, Todd Erzin, and all of you. Feedback Friday coming up here to close it out for the week in just a moment. Steve at SteveDace.com is how you can email the show. That's D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. Over on Parlor at Steve Dace. And check out our new YouTube channel before they take it away from us. At YouTube.com slash Steve Dace. Also, um, if you are a podcast listener, if you have not done these things for us already, please do them today. Hit that subscribe button wherever you podcast from. Leave us a five-star review as well. The more of those that uh, we get, the more it helps the show to grow. We want to thank all of you that have uh, done that uh, for us recently. And our show is undergoing another massive growth spurt as we speak. So thank you very much for all of that. We appreciate you. You know, life is about habits. uh, And this year we've been more focused than ever on our own health. At least I hope we have. And the health of those we love. But what about after? How do you plan to ensure that your body's immune system is ready for winter and beyond. One thing you could take a look at. Field of Greens by Brickhouse Nutrition. It's loaded with antioxidants, packed with 18 clinically researched essential fruits and vegetables, plus green tea, ginger, beets, a lot of the cool stuff that you need in a powerful combination that not only supports heart health, but a healthy immune system, metabolism, blood pressure, digestion, Complete with pre and probiotics as well for health in the gut. That's the number one immune system in the body is in the gut. Field of Greens is not only good for you, it's good for the entire family. You had athletes, children living at home, just one scoop in any water-based drink, stir it up, mix it together, and you're done. You're good to go. If you want to give it a shot, go to BrickHouseSteve.com. Get 15% off of your order. Think of this as like one of those naked juices. Your kids love those Green Machine naked juices, but minus the 70 grams of sugar or whatever is in one of those. All right, BrickHouseSteve.com. Get 15% off of your first order with the promo code Steve at BrickHouseSteve.com. Uh, and it's available in multiple flavors uh, as well. All right. BrickHouseSteve.com. Again, that's BrickHouseSteve.com. Promo code Steve. All right. Let's get to some feedback Friday. And never in my career have I gotten more emails than I have received this week. Wow. It's in the thousands. And... Yeah, my whole career, I have attempted to get back and react and respond to people. I'm, I think we're reaching a critical mass of growth in the show. I, I don't know how much longer I'm going to be able to do that um, on an individual basis because I have to, at some point, go to bed. I mean, and, and it's a good problem to have, but um, we're getting a ton of, of traffic. Let's try to get to as many of these today as we can. This is from Trey who says, along with fighting for every legitimate vote all the way to the Supreme Court, I think Trump should order Bill Barr to open criminal investigations into both Joe and Hunter Biden, order the release of the Durham report and any subsequent indictments, and then if the Supreme Court does go Trump's way, order the declassification of virtually everything on the Obama-Biden administration. Who cares um, Who cares if the investigations and indictments last only two months? Let Biden be the one to close them. I agree with the sentiment, by the way. And I suspect that that is what the final two months of a Trump presidency, if indeed that's what ends up happening here. Um, because the courts are going to decide this. That, that's pretty obvious. It's pretty obvious. And, and you can see the Trump team and their strategy. You can see that they know this. That's why they're not out there today 
firing um, their mother load at these vote counts going on in Georgia and Pennsylvania. Uh, it's almost as if they're kind of letting that process play itself out. They know that this is going to get decided in the courts. The courts are going to decide this. And what the courts are going to have to decide is whether or not they're willing to throw out ballots that have been officially counted. That That's really going to be the adjudicated question. Are they willing to do that? And then state legislators, or legislatures, I should say, they're actually responsible for the electors in every state. They have to decide, are you going to go by some court opinion on what a ballot is, or are you going to go by what your own law that your chamber, your body, which is the lawmaking body, determine what a ballot was and when the election actually takes place and when it does not and when it expires and when it does not. That's that's what's going to go down here for the next couple of months, in my view. But I would be wholly in, in support of salt the earth on the way out the door, Donald Trump, because I was wholly in support of... Uh, salt the earth the whole last four years, Donald Trump, and didn't get it nearly as often as I had hoped. Frankly, I hardly got it at all. I remember being afraid that he, with his inclinations, he would become an authoritarian. And then about six months into his presidency, I think I said, for the first time, and you've heard me say it several times, hence, I could, I, I, I would like him to be a little bit more of an authoritarian, right? Okay. So uh, to me, I'm all, I'm totally in favor of salt, of salt the earth, Donald Trump. Frankly, I'm in favor of salt the earth just about anybody at this point. Um, this is from Broxton. Since it looks like we retained the Senate, and I don't know that I would go quite that far. I agree it's likely, but given what's going on in Georgia, or being permitted to go on in Georgia, remember when Brian Kemp was a stud? Remember that, by the way? The governor down there, standing up to the the forces of COVID panic. But then he was like nowhere on the riots this summer, and now he's like nowhere to be found on what's going on in his state. In fact, let me park it there for just a second. Um, Morton Blackwell at the Leadership Institute has one of the smartest sayings I've ever heard in politics, that personnel is policy. Personnel is policy. We've seen this in the Trump administration. Goes to Riyadh in 2017, gives a phenomenal foreign policy speech. And, and by the way, now that he has a State Department that is actually following his foreign policy Speech in 2017, what have we seen this year? All kinds of peace deals and, mm-hmm. and recognition with Israel, right? Yes. Well, he didn't have that. He didn't have Mike Pompeo, who wasn't a great member of Congress, but has been a pretty good Secretary of State. He didn't have Mike Pompeo in 2017. He had some oil, progressive left-wing oil guy that hated his guts. That was Secretary of State instead. And so he was actually aligned with Qatar and with Hamas and Hezbollah and against his own president and undermined him for a year and a half on foreign policy. Christopher Ray should have been fired as FBI director six months ago because it may be sooner because he should have never been hired. Do you know what Christopher Ray's claim to fame was before getting named secretary or head of the FBI by Trump? He was the guy that helped uh, Chris Christie navigate Bridgegate. So he's a Chris Christie guy. Um, these guys are terrible. Terrible. Personnel is policy. And you're seeing that play out in Florida and Georgia. I, I know there's some changing dynamics in Georgia. 
I thought our colleague, Allie Beth Stuckey, when I was on stage with her here on Blaze TV on election night, made some really salient, salient points about some of the changes she had seen going on demographically in Georgia. Having spoken there recently, that kind of, um, and, and going around the state, that kind of took her by surprise. Okay. But um, that doesn't explain what is happening right now. How does Joe Biden lose Florida, but win Georgia? I'll tell you how it happens. And the answer, whoever's in charge of doing our social media at Blaze TV, don't, don't put this clip out because it'll get us all banned. But it's truth. That's, that's why it's going to get us banned. Not that I mind us all getting banned. Just let's not get banned for this clip. Let's get banned for another clip in another time. This analysis isn't worth it. Okay. But here's the difference. One state has Ron DeSantis for the governor. And the other is Georgia. That's the difference. That's the difference. Ron DeSantis came in. Went after Sheriff Israel, starts purging people, getting rid of people, runs the state. Run a, won a very narrow election. And came in and started governing the state like he had a 10-point mandate. What's the point of having power if I'm not going to use it? Brian Kemp used whatever sperm count he has. On standing up to the COVID paranoia, to his credit, he was the first governor in America to do so. And he did a masterful job, and we were on his jock all summer long, right? Yeah. Until about July. What happened in July? The riots. And the same county that right now is stealing this election broke down into chaos. I've got members of the Atlanta PD emailing me. We're walking off the job. Remember that whole thing going on this summer? Yep. Where was Brian Kemp during all of that? Nowhere. And the same thing going on right now. He's nowhere to be found, man. M-I-A, nowhere. In his own state. I mean, I'd have, I'd have told you June 1st of 2020, Brian Kemp will, will, will absolutely be a serious candidate for the Republican presidential nominee, nomination in 2024. I would tell you right now today on November the 7th, Brian Kent may very well be a one-term governor. That's the difference. Is Ron DeSantis came into his state and said, we're not doing that crap in my state. We're not Broward Countying the whole state. Not happening here. Not happening on my watch. Not happening. We're going to have an actual election. Then we'll see who wins. But none of the none of the chicane, Palm Beach County, none of that, none of that Florida from Florida to 2000, none of that garbage is happening on my watch. Not happening. Now, maybe he feels a little bit freer to wade into these areas because he's Hispanic, so he can't immediately be called racist because the riots and this issue have the same thing in common. They're racially charged. And Brian Kemp's a white guy, and he sounds like some old white Southerner. So maybe he's just deathly afraid to step forward in these two situations. He's not unique, but he's also not what you need in a moment like this. You need somebody who doesn't care about stuff like that. That's the difference. So the guy, so once the state that is the more contested, the more expensive, the easier for Democrats to win. He had his whole thing wrapped up by ten o'clock Eastern, man. Hey, good night. Good luck. It's like Mariano Rivera called him out of the bullpen, threw three cutters and a couple fastballs, drive home safely. That's the ninth inning. One, two, three. One, two, three, we're out. 
the other state is run by a guy who doesn't have the balls to do what should have been done before we even got to this point. And now knows and now fears that he can't. Otherwise, he'll get ripped on a CNN panel tonight for being a Klansman. That's the difference. Is that am I wrong? No, that's the difference. Morton Blackwell personnel is policy. One side has Ron DeSantis, one state, Ron DeSantis is the governor, and in the other state, he's not. That's the difference. This is... That's the difference. My point earlier about the GOP and party and where... And I said strong men and strong women. This is what I'm talking about. It's... it. The GOP is full of camps. So it... Yes. The GOP systemically is not there to save you. Keep your eye on the likes of DeSantis and don't trust him uh, tomorrow just because his name is DeSantis. And he's on a look. Yeah. Keep demanding it in this time. I'm sorry, but you chose this role. You need to be U.S. Grant today and tomorrow and the next day. You need to be Lincoln today, tomorrow and the next day. I only care about what I see because I like what he's done. Yes. I mean, I, I might, I don't even, I don't, I don't give a rip who he is, what his name is. I just want to know what he's done. And what he's done so far has been really good. Today, he hired Kyle Lamb, who has been one of the best COVID researchers in the country at pushing back on the panic porn. That is a smart hire. Kyle lives in Ohio, by the way. Totally different state, like other side of the country. That, you're doing your homework. If you're Ron DeSantis and you found this guy in Ohio, here's what it also shows you. Remember I told you what would happen if Biden won. You would see Florida, North Dakota, Iowa, a few of these states would hardcore say, we're not doing any of these national, us, us against the feds. We're not, we're not, we're not doing, we're not part of your national lockdown. You can, you guys can intercourse yourselves all on your own. We're sitting this one out. We're Americans. And that tells you right away, DeSantis going and get, going and landing Kyle Lamb is he is, he is assembling a data army to go up against Washington, DC. That's what that is about. I love it. Come, come and get me. Yeah. You got a problem with it? Come and get me. And if you go in front of the king, you best not miss. All right. So back to, I got off on a tangent about Georgia because Broxton mentioned the Senate. Okay. But we'll go with his email. Since it looks like GOP retained the Senate, maybe gained a house seat or two. Is there any chance this actually works out better for us in 2022 and 2024? I'm not the Lincoln project here advocating that a vote for Biden is a vote to save conservatism. I didn't vote Trump in 2016, but did so enthusiastically this year. But my theory is that the Senate will at least somewhat hold a Biden administration in check. And that's why I'm going to stop reading right there. No, it won't. No, it won't. won't happen. We just, with all due respect, and I, I understand, we, we, are, we, Look for ways to rationalize outcomes. Is there, dude, I'm the king of this. I don't accept defeat on any level. There is a way for this, for this potential outcome to be good for us, Broxton, and for the rest of you. But what you're advocating, which is the conventional wisdom, well, they win controversially, big blowback, we come back the <laughs> night, throw all that out. Yes, thank you. Okay? This isn't 1988, 1994. Throw all that out. 2014, even. Burn it, run over it, yeah, back that, up that's, again. Yeah, that, no, you're no. still thinking as if the old paradigm is how this is going to operate. It's not. 
Number one. Oh, breaking news. Uh, another 100,000 ballots found in Philadelphia. Continue. You don't say. I'm just, I'm kidding, but yeah, I'm just okay, trying to figure you. your... Yes. Um, here... <laughs> First of all, Donald Trump's not a... Uh, let's play your game theory out. And, and, Trump, and, and, and they take this away from Trump. He's not... I cannot repeat this enough. Donald Trump, win or lose, is going to be on your television screen every night for the next four years. You white suburbanites who thought that this was going to get rid of him and give you your, your Pleasant Valley Sunday back, you're about to get the worst of both worlds. You're about to see your taxes go up. You're about to see your daughters lose their spot on the track team to a dude who couldn't cut it with the guy, so he slacked on some mascara instead. And you're going to get Donald Trump every night anyway. He's not going away. He's not he is going to stick around vengeful because of what they did to him. He's a living martyr. He's going to still be doing rallies all over the country, guys. They'll be obsessed with him every night on CNN because he's great for ratings. He's not going away. And he's going to be pun- the, 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 the stuff shoot from the hits, hip stuff that he was saying all the time before he got elected. He's going right back to that. And that means conventional wisdom out the window. He's going to be on Twitter or Newsmax or, or Trump TV. Boy, those Republicans are going to say on an amnesty, man. And they would have sold you out before, except I was there to stop them. I remember when Mitch came into my office in May of 2017 and said, we got to do some massive amnesty deal here. And I told him then, hey, our supporters will never... See what I'm saying? Yeah. Is that not who he is? Yeah. That's what he's going to do. And I love that about him. That's the part I love. He'll probably be on Joe and Mika again. Yes. <laughs> he's not going away. He may, he may very well, actually, to this point, he may be more effective out of office totally than he was Totally agree. In. Dude, he walks out of there on January 21. He looks over at you in the camera like Obi-Wan and says, strike me down, and I will become even more powerful than you can possibly imagine. He has gotten rolled too often as president. We're here because he got rolled most of this year by Anthony Fauci and Debbie Burks. Did we not? Did he not? Right. Rolled by them. His favorite damn word this year was ventilator. But out there, unencumbered by all of this, with an axe to grind, a billion or two or three or four or five in his pocket, and a platform and a base that's bigger and more loyal now than it ever was. He's not going away. So to my neighbors out there who thought that this was a way to make it safe to talk politics politely at your mega church atrium once more, oh, my friend. First of all, consider yourself fortunate if you'll still be able to attend your mega church atrium the next four years. But if you shall be so properly deemed by the powers vested in Joseph R. Biden, I can promise you 
Donald Trump is still going to be the conversation more every day than a President Biden will be. He's not going away. He will remain the de facto leader of the Republican Party. He will remain the de facto face of the Republican Party. That's a fact, Jack. He ain't going away. Nope. No. What's he going to do, guys? He's not Barack Obama. Now is when I go make my millions speaking around the world. Or Bill Clinton did the same thing. He sure as hell ain't Jimmy Carter. Let me start Habitat for Humanity and serve the masses. <laughs> He's been there, done all that, man. First of all, he just... Habitat, I'm not doing. I'm not building a house. Tell me how much money you're going to need. I'll write you a check. First of all, that's what he does. Secondly, he's already conquered all those worlds. This is the last sandbox he has to play in, guys. He ain't giving it up. It's just going to evolve. You didn't get rid of him at all. If anything, you made him more powerful than he would have been in a second term, besieged by, the, by, the, by a sea of bureaucrats, as we've seen the last four years, all attempting to undermine him. There would have been an anonymous article in the New York Times again, and then the Washington Post, and then Fox News would have done anonymous. Everybody aligning to, uh, to, to besiege his presidency. We would have had Botswana collusion, Ghana collusion, Madagascar collusion. Had it all! But no, no, you, you kicked him out and told a guy, have nothing to lose. Okay, sure, I guess. Let's do it. No, martyrs are always more dangerous than uh, rebellions. Living martyrs are the most dangerous of them all. I mean, I, I, I kind of think, not that I'm drawing, a, I'm, I'm not saying they're morally equivalent, but I, don't, don't we all go to church based on a living martyr, I believe? Indeed we do. Yeah. Is there some precedent in human history that living martyrs are pretty, pretty mighty, are they not? They can work out. Yeah. Yeah, he's a living martyr if you get rid of him like this. He's never going away. So whatever your presuppositions are about what the next cycle will be or the next what the next environment will be, throw it all out. The chaos isn't ending at all. If anything, it's going to get ratcheted up all the more. Enjoy be your fat turtle, yes. Anderson Cooper. Yes, because now he doesn't have to care what Karen thinks. He doesn't have to care. He doesn't have to persuade Karen at all. You might get the Trump you saw in that first debate now every night. Every night. There's no way he doesn't have to tone it down at all. He doesn't have to do that at all. Nothing at all. He can just riff on anything he wants. Now, he, I, he's, he's, he is more of a threat to you people outside the walls of that building than he is residing in it. Because he ha thinks he has to do business with you while he's in there. Outside of it, though, he doesn't. Especially if you're a part of why he's not in there anymore. So... To those of you that want to game theory this out about what the environment and everything are going to be like, first of all, um, Donald Trump's going to decide if he's the 2024 Republican nominee, because that was the next part of Broxton's question. And could this set the stage for a DeSantis or a Gnome? Now, I will tell you, and I'll make this prediction on November the, what is it, the 7th? I'll make this prediction right now. Book it. Barring some kind of scandal. 
the worst Ron DeSantis is going to be on the next Republican presidential ticket, if there is one, if we make it that far as a people, the worst he's going to be is the running mate. Worst. Mark it down. Worst he's going to be is the number two. He's the top or the bottom on the next ticket. Mark it down. He's too good. He's too popular. His state is too important. And he's Hispanic. And the GOP made huge inroads with that population in this election. But Donald Trump's going to decide if he's the 2024 GOP nominee or not. He'll decide that. Ted Cruz ain't going to decide it. Ron DeSantis isn't. Mike, Pen Mike Pence. What's a Mike Pence, by the way? Guys, this is going to shock you. It turns out Mike Pence can't really be relied on in a fight. Who knew, right? Um, Wish we had some precedent. Yeah. If only somebody would have warned us. But uh, he's going to decide. Dude, I... I could see him just play this thing out until the very end, let it dangle out there that he's going to run, not run, and then turn around and just anoint his son. And the son's a better politician than dad is because the son actually understands our issues and doesn't sound awkward when he's talking about them. You know what I'm saying? He like can like discuss things like school choice and transgenderism and high school sports without any issue whatsoever. Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, you poor, poor. And I'm not speaking of you, Broxton. I know you're trying to find a way to to, to, to turn it to our, your advantage. Huh? So this isn't directed at you and others like you, brother, but you poor, pathetic earthlings. <laughs> you thought you had been rid of Donald Trump. Oh. Nope. <laughs> you're going to get more than you, were, than you got the last four years. Mark it down. Barring death. And he is at the age where you don't buy green bananas. But barring death? Nope. Oh, no. Oh, no. You guys have any thoughts on that? So, so I, all of you that want to send me this email, don't, don't waste your time. Donald Trump's going to determine what the next environment is, in or out of the White House. Donald Trump's going to determine whether he's the, the, if he loses, if he wins, obviously he can't be the GOP nominee again, but then he might determine who will be. And then if he loses, he'll determine if he's the GOP nominee again. This is still Donald Trump's party. Period. Thoughts? Yeah, well, that's justice. It, it, you know, again, this is, this is not, a year ago, none of us were voting for Trump. How many times on this show have you had to explain that none of this is really about Trump and everything you just said, even though that you're describing a Trump centric universe, mm -hmm. it's not about Trump. It's still, it's about, every, it's about the base that he has. It's, yes. It's a, and it, well, and it's about the, if you persist in worshiping the idols that you worship on the right and the left, you, you, this is what you bring to birth. This is the logical conclusion. The things you think you do that kill it only make it stronger. Yes, that's it, so. So if you're if you're if you're one of if you're like Broxton and I'm wired the same way, what's the win here? There's got to be a win. Here's the win. One of two scenarios is going to occur here. Either that you successfully held off the leftist horde and Donald Trump ends up getting. The, taking the oath of office again on January 20th, or you, Donald Trump is Samson at the end of the story, blinded, 
plunging the temples of Dagon down into the dirt, settling scores, Michael Corleone style, on, the, on his way out the door. And a lot of them are going to be people that we don't like and have stood in our way. Fox News, establishment Republicans. All right. I mean, he is good. He is going to unleash hell on them. It, that's your win. If you if you have to if you have to stomach watching Joe Biden take the oath of office on January twentieth, understand that as angry and as pissed off and as betrayed as you feel, you can't even approach Donald Trump's ego, nor the wherewithal he has to act on it. The show, folks. This is a trilogy. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> This this might be the end. It may be the end of one of one, of of, the, of one movie, but the empire strikes back. There will be, and the sons, particularly Don Jr., they've got a taste for it. They got the they got the taste of blood in their mouths and lots of money to spend. Oh no 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 no! Ain't the end of the Trump brand, brother. Not by a long shot. We'll get to more of your feedback here on a Feedback Friday next. Well, you know, I couldn't get out of here today without at least one Built Bar reference. The best protein bar you've ever had. I just had the caramel apple again uh, a little while ago. It's a brand new flavor. Absolutely phenomenal. It's their 19th flavor, all covered in chocolate, all with less than five grams of sugar or five grams of sugar or less, all with uh, at least 15 to 20 grams of protein. They all taste great. They've got the texture of a Three Musketeers, not your typical protein bar. You've never had a protein bar like this. You're going you're gonna to think it, it can't be this good, but it is. All right? I mean, you're going to sneak these into movie theaters if we ever get to go back to those. Um, built bars, loaded with the protein, loaded with the fiber you need, not the sugar you don't want, but all the taste you crave. Go to BuiltBar.com right now, B-U-I-L-T, for BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code DACE to get 20% off. I promise you, you won't regret it at BuiltBar.com. All right, uh, back to some feedback Friday here. This is from Daniel. How can networks declare a winner when only 1% to 2% of precincts have reported? Well, there's the way it's supposed to work, and then there's the way we maybe are watching it work now. Um, but let's talk how about it, how it, it's supposed to work. The voter registration numbers in a particular state are so overwhelming for one side. Uh, the early voting that goes into one state is so overwhelming for one side. The other side doesn't spend any money or effort in contesting that state at all. That's how. But that's a good question. Um, ben, let's say President Trump exhausts all his options and still comes up short. If you were in his shoes, would you launch a new political party and take those new voters with you? Um, Ross Perot, I believe, tried that. Right? Didn't he do that? The, in, the uh, uh, what was it called? The uh, yeah, uh, I don't the, oh, the I sucking sound. No, it was I can't remember what the party was called. But Ross Perot tried that and it didn't work. Or maybe Perot supporters. I can't remember if he was directly involved or not. Um, 
I don't believe you'll see Donald Trump expend. You know, I, let me say this, because I've always been hesitant in the future about predicting what Trump will do in the future, but this is different now. Like, like I don't know what... Predicting the mercurialness of Trump as a singular political entity isn't what I thought I found to be impossible. But now you're talking about him kind of back in his natural habitat. And so I think you can see past history as indicative of future performance. Uh, I don't think you'll, you'll see Donald Trump invest the sorts of resources it would take to get a third party launched off the ground and on the ballot across the country. Because he's going to invest those resources in something that'll give him an ROI and quickly, like a network. Not to mention, he doesn't have to go to a third party because as I just pointed out to you, he is going to run this party either from 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue or from Trump Tower. He is going to be running the show. Outside of what the federal government will attempt to do to you under a President Biden, not much else is going to change on the right, guys. <laughs> How much else is going to change? Donald Trump's going to be in the news every day he wants to be and leading the news every day he wants to be. And a lot of other people are going to have a very difficult time getting any oxygen. So if you're, if you're, you have to think the way Trump thinks. Why would I start a new business when I already own this one? Why would I do that? Why, why would I... Why would I? Why would I try to to create a new thing when I own the thing? Right. This is a guy that he he does both he does both new constructions of new hotels, but then the buying of existing buildings. So he's not really beholden to one side or the other. It's just whatever is the more profitable arrangement at that particular time, and he's going to own. He, he he owns it now, and he's going to continue to own this party. Win or lose. Yeah, he's just, he's not into building. He's into burning down. He's in repo man mode. There's, <laughs> there's nothing to build. ER says, so they really expect us to believe that Republicans held the Senate, gained seats in the House, and the dementia patient in open marks has broke the record for more votes than any presidential candidate in history. Yes. Um, yep. That's what they expect you to believe. It's amazing. They're using, I, I'm... They're using your, ultimately, even if they don't understand it, though, that's using your size of the pie argument. Mm -hmm. Except the problem is that size of the pie only showed up in like six cities in America. Right. Why didn't it show up in all the cities in America? Why didn't they perform better in Texas then? You're fact-checking yeah, that. Yes, yes. No one else is. Yeah, why didn't, why didn't it show up in Houston and Dallas then? Why didn't it show up in, why didn't it show up in Miami-Dade County then? Trump got 100,000 more votes in Miami-Dade County than he got four years ago. Think about that. 100,000 more votes in that county than he got four years ago. Why didn't it show up there? Why didn't it show up in Broward County then? And this size of the pie argument is something you totally allowed for yeah. on air before the election. Yes. But let, me, let me explain, since you brought that up, what that means. When you look at exit polls, it is smart. I mean, the percentages give you, if you can trust them, the percentages don't tell the full context. I.e., he got more blacks. He got more Hispanics. Yes, because got... Hillary's percentage of black voters was not much different than what Barack Obama got. It's not the size of the slice of the pie. It's the size of the pie. Meaning, okay, so she got, you know, 91% of, of black voters, and that's what Barack Obama received four years ago. But the, so, but the, the pie itself 
was bigger. The Obama black vote pie was bigger than the Hillary Clinton black vote pie. They're trying to make that argument as to what Joe Biden has pulled off here. But the problem is it miraculously only seemed to um, manifest itself in a handful of cities. We, when, when Obama did this in 2012 and overperformed all of the polling in 2012, we saw this systemically with black voters all over the country. There was a Cuyahoga in Hamilton County, Ohio, in every battleground state. In Michigan, it was, it was, um, it was like Warren County and Washtenaw County. There was, those counties were in every state. How come they were only in a handful of states in this election? How come it didn't manifest itself nationwide? We didn't see this everywhere. Now, what did manifest itself nationwide was some of what we saw in 2018, just not to the extent we saw it in 2018, an eroding white suburban base for Republicans. They still over they still performed better than what was in the polling, but there was some erosion there, and you did see that comprehensively across the board, right? Yes. Okay. So that that could explain in some instances why Republicans in House races outperformed Donald Trump, because we did see Republicans in legislative races outperform Trump in 2016. That would explain that. Just as a narrative, you'd still have to test it with the data, but that narrative passes an initial smell test to some degree. Like I wouldn't dismiss that right away. Okay. Right. Because we've had two elections now where we can document there was a loss of white suburban voters under for the Republican Party under Trump. So that would explain why it didn't show up maybe in these House races, but it uniquely showed up for Trump. Because we did see this all over that you're seeing this in California House races. You're seeing it coast to coast. You're, so that's a narrative that passes an initial smell test. You can call that that's officially now, if we were using the old scientific scientific method, that's officially an hypothesis. That can be tested to a theory, you know, right? I think we would agree. Looking at the numbers, yeah. that yes. that math adds up to some degree. What doesn't? But then this, but it has to. It, it's it's got to work the other way then too. Where was the outrage in Ohio? Where was the outrage in Texas? Where Democrats, folks, Democrats spent an obscene amount of energy in Texas trying to position themselves for the next redistricting with the next census for 2020 so they could try to gerrymander the state more in their favor to turn it blue. And they got defeated soundly in Texas. Why didn't it show up in Austin, Dallas, Houston? Why didn't we see voter dumps, 100,000 or 30,000 votes, all for Joe Biden being dropped off at courthouses in Dallas? Or Houston. Why didn't we see that? Houston was the place was one of the places where they had, I think, the place where they had the largest George Floyd funeral outside of Minneapolis. Why didn't why why aren't they still bringing trucks into Houston, Texas today as we speak? Why aren't they still doing it in Broward County, Florida as we speak? Polls showed South Carolina was polling closer than anything else. There's a massive black population there. Why didn't why didn't it happen there? Why is it uniquely happening in these places? Shouldn't we have seen this then all over the country? Just as we did see again, 
not to the extent we saw it in 2016, but we did see a continued erosion of white suburban voters under Trump for Republicans. And we've seen it across the country now in three now election cycles, right? Yeah. So that's clearly a thing. How come this mass influx of huge high black voter turnout in in predominantly in, in not even predominantly dominantly run Democratic cities has only occurred in a handful of these? Why, why didn't it happen in Dallas and Houston? Why aren't they still bringing in trucks there? Why aren't they still bringing in trucks all over the country then? Right? Yeah. How come it's only in these places? Does that pass your smell test? Does it pass yours? It passes David French's. Yeah. James writes, as bad as all this is, and it's really damn bad, we can at least hope that this is the catalyst that leads to the death of the GOP. At least we may not be led into the second civil war by the new Whig party. The GOP is dead for the foreseeable future. It's called that. But it is the Trump party. That's not going to change. So you're going to get your way. In fact, I, I could probably make an argument that the GOP is, has a shorter leash if Trump loses than if he wins. Because if he wins, you're going to get some form of lame duck eventually, right? Some form of Trump fatigue eventually, right? It's hard for the same party to win the White House three times in a row. The Democrats just learned this with Barack Obama. Republicans pulled it off 30 years ago, but Reagan had a historic exiting approval rating. It's hard to do it. And I would imagine in this polarized era where we're just all running on negatives against the other, it's probably almost impossible now. You know what I'm saying? Because... You're, you're you, like you like you like to say whoever's dumbest last loses. Mm -hmm. It really is a permanent state of whoever pisses off the other side's base last loses, right? Yeah. Because it's just all driven by a negative impulse. It's probably going to be hard to have a guy win twice or gal win twice and then hand it off to a successor to continue on. And there's just too much, too much residual angst and animosity builds, and that's even if they don't have a grading divisive personality like a Donald Trump does at times. So you're kind of getting your wish already in, in what your analysis is here, James. Um, that's happening right now in real time. It, it, you, it's still called the Republican Party and everything, but this is still going to be Donald Trump's party. It's the Trump party. It was on November 2nd. It's going to be on, uh, it is right now. It's going to be on January 20th, regardless of who gets sworn in. And it's going to be on January 21st. Um, and if he's if he is reelected, then the voters will ultimately decide how long it remains the Trump party how, until they just reach a point that they may. Or, who knows? It'd be like the most Trump thing ever to get a second term and then like actually like have it be good and become popular. Just the exact opposite of what you think is going to happen. Right. Okay. Um, but if Trump is reelected, the voters will decide how long it is the Trump party. If Trump is not reelected, he is going to decide how long it is the Trump party. Uh, we'll get some final thoughts here in just a second. But hey, we do a lot of cool things for our pets, right? We take them to the vet. We take them for rides. Our dog cat loves rides. We take them on walks, runs, etc. Groomers, pretty them up. But 
Let's make sure they're getting the proper nutrition as well, because chances are that store-bought food is sterilized, like a lot of our store-bought food is these days, and for the same reasons, for it to have a long life, they're on that shelf, and that's why the supplement section is like the largest section in almost every grocery store in America now, or one of them. Well, your pet could use one as well, and that's where Rough Greens comes in. It's not a new dog food, but a dog food supplement that you sprinkle in with the food your dog loves, and it tastes great. So you're going to love it even more, but it's mixed in with all the vitamins, minerals, nutrients, pre- and probiotics, omega oils that your pet needs. So why not see if you don't see a difference in your dog in two weeks or less with the new Jumpstart bag from Rough Greens for just $14.95. So less than 15 bucks to give it a shot at roughgreens.com slash blaze. That's R-U-F-F for roughgreens.com slash blaze. Gentlemen, two-minute warning. Final thoughts. Uh, go home this weekend, and yeah, I'm, because this election, I mean, tomorrow's going to be election day too. Uh, I, I understand paying attention to it, but do your best to pull back and think about your life holistically, how, how you spend it, what's important to you, what what's your closed hand versus your open hand, you know, what you really cherish, what must be defended. Uh and, and then come back on Monday and make sure your current relationship with your politics ultimately serves that. Don't let your politics be your idol. They're, everybody is going to want you to be that way right now, to make sloppy and silly mistakes. Why do you use politics? What are you defending? What are you cherishing? Make sure you're clear on that before you do anything going forward. <sighs> I told the country for years now, don't end up in a ditch and look where we are. If y'all would have just listened to me, we wouldn't be here right now. No, I would, I would echo, uh, I would echo what Todd said. You know, there are, there are plenty of things uh, in your life that are far more deserving of, of your time and your attention than politics are. It just so happens, though, that politics, because of the state of things right now and because of what we're called to do in stewarding the, the, uh, the, the process that God has given us, that we do need to pay attention to it. But Todd said, what Todd said is just an, always a reminder, keep first things first. And, and um, this weekend, this whole process, the uh, election groundhog day that that's part of it don't make an idol out of anything especially especially politics because when you make an idol out of something you're making that idol into your god and politics uh it's made up of a bunch of really really crappy gods so keep first things first that's going to do it for today. We are back at it again on Monday. Have a great weekend. We'll stick around and do the overtime for our Blaze TV subscribers. For the rest of you, John 317. This is Steve Dace. On the Blaze Radio Network.